All right, good evening. Here we go. Today's Daf is Daf Gimel, page 3 in the Hedekim Seches Kedushin. We are up to Vahadetnan, and this that we learned in the Mishnah, we are four lines from the top of the Amud. Four lines from the top of the page. Vahadetnan. And again, we're wrapping up this topic, which is focusing on the specific wording of the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Bishalaish Derachim. In three, Shalish is Lashon Akeva. We explain why it was focusing on the female terms. It says, Durachim weighs more of a path as opposed to Devarim, as opposed to three things that are done to marry a woman. It discusses Durachim, uses that word. We got into that. Now, let's keep going and focusing on the, on the wording. Fahadatna'an, this that we learned in a Mishnah. Um, if, uh, if you have a Kai, now, what's a koi? So, a koi is an animal that is a mixture between, it's a crossbreed between a behema and a chaya. We're not sure what a koi is. Okay, we're not sure what a koi is. A koi is, in some way, uh, there are certain halachas that you have by a behema. For example, by a behema, if you shecht a domesticated animal, there's no halachas as far as the blood is concerned. If you shecht a chaya, a non-domesticated animal, there's a mitzvah of kisei adam, covering the blood, the same way there is by a bird. What about a kais? A kais like a, it's a crossbreed. What do you do? So it says, In some ways we consider it like a non-domesticated animal. And in some halachas we consider it to be a domesticated animal. Okay? And there are some ways, now, we, it keeps the halachas of both a domesticated and a non-domesticated. And in some ways, it's not similar to, it's not equal to, not a chaya nor a behema. So, and the Mishnah list goes through the various halachas of a koi, this crossbreed. Fine. The Gemara says over here, what's the terms that we used? Durachim. In certain ways, again, why don't we use the word devarim? In certain things, nisni devarim. Okay, Visu, Furthermore, hadatnan. This that we learned in a mishnah zuachas minadrachim. This is one of the ways. Going back to Masechas, gitin the beginning of our of the previous Masechta. In some ways, the release of a woman's marriage, i.e. a get document, is similar to the release of an Eved Kanani from servitude. The documents in some way are similar. And what, is, what do we say? Zu'achas min hadurachim. This is one of the ways. Again, nisni devarim. Say the word devarim. Gemara here is asking two similar questions, and it's based upon our original question. Our original question is, we're bothered why we're using the word derech as opposed to dever. Comes the Gemara and says, if you're going to be bothered by that, you're going to be bothered by that all over Shas. Because in a lot of places, we use the word derachim when we could have used the word devarim. Okay. Says the Gemara, you're right. You're right. What does it mean you're right? You're right means, maybe I shouldn't be so concerned about the word derachim being used as opposed to devarim. Maybe it's not such a novel word to be used over here. Ella rather. I'll tell you what the parameters around the word derech is. Here we go. Whenever you have a machoikas or various halachos, tani derachim, 
we're going to choose the word derachim. Whenever there's no separation, machloikas, different halachas, tani devarim. We're going to say, use the word of devarim. How do you know that? It says at the end of the Mishnah that we quoted earlier, and Esraig is has the halachas of a tree for all divarim, for all matters. Shma mina. So here you see. All right. Pause. End of the conversation. Let's just give a quick wrap up. This is gishmak, because we now have a fascinating rule to keep our eye on to teach us how to learn. This past amud is teaching us how to learn Gemara and Mishnayis. And here's the rule. Get ready for this. Whenever you have a situation where the word divarim and the word derachim can be used, either one, how do I know which word to use? Says the Gemara very simple. Here we go. Whenever there is a halacha across the board and that there's always similarities, that is where the word devarim is more appropriate. So for example, an esrog has all the halachas of a tree, it's going to say, Esrog shove le'ilon, and Esrog has the same halachas of a tree, l'chol davar, for all matters, all things. Because we're not making differentiations between age, between style, between this halacha, that halacha, uh, like a zav in this way, not like a zav in a different way, a koi, some ways like a chaya, some ways like a behema, we're making differentiations. We're showing, we're showing splits. Whenever we show splits, you're going to use the word derachim. Whenever there's no splits, whenever everything is across the board, easy peasy, you're going to find the word davar, you're going to find the words devarim. And now we know, whenever we find the word derach, now we should keep an eye out and say, oh, so where's their taka differentiation from here and something else? And whenever you find the word davar, you're going to notice throughout Shas, there's not going to be a difference in, in circumstances or in halach. Okay. Beautiful. So now we're going back to our question that we mentioned earlier, and that is, Mishnayis don't count for us. There's never an extra word in Mishnayis. So our Mishnah on Daf Beis, on page two, how did our Mishnah begin? Our Mishnah began by saying, a woman is acquired her hand in marriage in three ways. And we list the three. And it says she gets her hand back in marriage in two ways, the death of the husband or with a gut. Why do you got to say three? Why do you got to say two? I can count for myself. From the fact that it's, the Mishnah counts for me and gives a number is telling me there must have been another case, a fourth case, or a third case, that perhaps I would have thought has the same halacha. But for the Mishnah telling me the number that, no, 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 it's limited to three. There's no other way to acquire a woman. What's that other way? All right, so here we go. Says the Gemara. The reason why we count to tell me how many ways you could acquire a woman. Money, document, marital relations, it's excluding chuppah. You cannot use chuppah as a way to acquire a woman. What is chuppah? Chuppah is a way that once a woman's acquired, you move in together and consummate your marriage. Now you're coming under the same roof. But to actively acquire, chuppah don't work. Says the Gemara, really? Not everybody agrees with that. 
According to Rav Huna, he says, Chupa can acquire a woman when it comes to Kedushin. Similar, why? Mikal v'chaymer, logic. What's his logic? His logic is, as we're, we're going to see in a couple daf, that if it, can, if it can take a marriage further, maybe it should even be able to get us rolling over here. If Chupa could do things later in a marriage that the initial things can't do, like money can't consummate a marriage. It can create a marriage. It can't consummate a marriage. And there's certain halachas that once you have chuppah, the responsibility is husband and wife have each other. So Ravuna has a kavachaymer. So chuppah should be able to acquire too. So he says you could acquire with chuppah. So the mute mai. So now what's number? Th- why is the Mishnah giving us a number three? Say oh it's coming to exclude chuppah. Not true. He holds chuppah is included. Says the Gemara lemute chalipin. It's coming to. Exclude a Kenyan Khalipin. Kenyan Khalipin is a fascinating type of acquisition, which is an exchange. Okay. What's an exchange? Where I give you something and you give me back something. Okay? So you can't acquire a woman when there's a two way street. It has to be only the husband is giving to the wife. And she's making the acquisition. She's acquiring something from him, acquiring the document, acquiring the money. And by her acquiring the money, so her rights to marriage are being given over. But to, to acquire something with Khalipin, which normally when it comes to financial matters would be an acquisition, it doesn't work by marriage. Why would I think it does? So I would have thought to say, Since the whole reason why you're allowed to use money to marry is because of Ephron's field, well, guess what? By Ephron's field, could they have used Khalipin? They could have. When you acquire a field, you could use a, 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 an exchange type of a, acquiring I would have said, when it comes to marriage, you could acquire a woman with an exchange too. Kamash Malon comes along the Mishnah and says, three and not Khalipin. That's why he gives me the number three. Exchange, an exchange acquisition. I give you, give me this, I give you that. Right? They used money, but they could have used Khalipin because Khalipin is a valid acquisition on a field. So we're learning, we're not learning, the Gemara says, you're right, I, I have, when we're learning it out from Avinu, we have to learn out the, we're, we're limited to learning out the type of acquisition that was used, as opposed to using what type of acquisition could have been used. I would have thought, it could have been Khalipin, so maybe a woman also could have been Khalipin, says the Mishnah, no. Says the Gemara, why not? Why not? Maybe we should say, Taka, that the same reason why, I'm sorry, the same way that the field acquired from Ephraim, could have used Khalifan. Maybe Takah should learn out that marriage. You could use Khalifan. The same way I'm learning out you could use money. Because of the field. So why not learn out that you could Takah make an exchange. Says the Gemara. Khalifan is to be Pruta. Because Khalifan can, be, uh, can be used. Even if something has less than a value of Pruta. A financial value. The Isha... Logic. And here's the logic. Look at the very top Rashi on Amud Beis. Look at the top Rashi. It says Rashi. A woman will not go into a marriage with an exchange acquisition. You know why? It's degrading for her to give over her hand in marriage. And to be married to this guy for something that doesn't even have financial value here. What type of chutzpah is that? It's a genai. Chaj, something. You got to give me something. And therefore, logic is telling me no chalipin. 
Chalipin does not work. It has to be at least something that has a value. This way, it's not a gnai. It's not a degrading type of acquisition on the, on the woman. Okay, so let's pause for a minute. From the two dots, the colon, halfway down, what did we learn? We've established, our Mishnah says, you could acquire a woman in three ways. Money, document, marital relations. Why'd you say the number three? I could count myself. Two answers. Either it's coming to exclude chuppah, and according to Rav Huna, says you could even use chuppah, what's it coming to exclude? Chalipin. In exchange. That's why it says three, to tell me don't think you can use chalipin. All right? Well, now let's go on the safe. Because that's not the way Chalipin works. That's not Chalipin anymore. You can't, you can't change the way that Chalipin, uh, uh, it's not called Chalipin anymore. The, the way Chalipin acquisition is made has nothing to do with value. It has zilch to do with value. So you can't do it. One's dealing with value, dealing with Kesef. Yeah. So, wait, so Huna has four, or does he throw out one of the other three? Very good. Very good. Barin, but Ravuna is agreeing to Chuppah. Let's wait for Dafei. We're going to wait for that Gvaldik. Ravuna, who says you could acquire with Chuppah, he does see, he does hold there's a fourth. What we're going to see later on in the Gemara in a couple of Daf is do we consider that to be a fourth or do we consider that to be an extension of the first of three? It's like a second stage or not. But let's, let's uh, hold off. Great question. Great, great question. Okay. So now we know why it says three. Now here's the other part of the question. We asked, why in the end of the Mishnah did we say a woman acquires herself back in two ways with the death of the husband and a get? Why do you got to tell me the number two? Minyana de Seifa. What about the counting in the Seifa? Lemute Mai, what's coming to exclude? Lemute Chalitza. It's coming to exclude a regular couple using the Chalitza process to end the marriage. Okay. Now remember what's Chalitza? If you have... A husband who dies childless. His brother has a mitzvah to pick up and continue the marriage. If he doesn't want to, it's not a good shidduch. Whatever the reason is, they do a process called chalitza. With the shoe and the untying and the spitting next to the shoe. Everything we learned about in Yavamas. And that separates that the, the zika, that separates the bond. Maybe I would think that a regular couple can use that process too. Why? Says the Gemara I would have thought to say from the halachas Yavama, logic from the laws of Yavama, just like by the laws of Yavama. You cannot use a get to break that bond between Yavama and brother. In order to end the bond between the brother of the deceased and the wife, only chalitza works. <clears throat> a get will not work. Again, if you have a second or a third brother, and they all... Once one brother does chalitza, that works for everybody. Not all of them need to do it. Yaitzah bechalitza. A woman who doesn't... A get doesn't work for her. She could use chalitza. Zu, a regular woman, she yaitzah beget, who a get would work for her. Ain't I din, she bechalitza. How much more so should chalitza work? You see, chalitza is more of a workable thing than get. Because by Yavama, we allow chalitza and no get. So we should say in a place where you could use a get, how much more so should chalitza be in play? Chalitza is much easier to use. Kamash Malan, 
so it comes along the Mishnah to let me know two ways a woman acquires herself. Death of a husband and get. What do you mean by two? Not the third, not Chalitza. Chalitza will not work by a regular woman. Ask the Gemara, but why not? We just, you just told me a good logic why Chalitza should work by a regular marriage. Maybe Taqid Allah should be that you could use Chalitza. Says the Gemara, no. Amar Kra, because there's a verse in the Torah which says, Sefer Krisis, the only way to break a regular marriage is with a document of separation. A get. Sefer Karsa, a document separates them. The end of our Acher Karsa. And Chalitza, which is not a document of separation, that does not work. Meaning, logic, you're right, would dictate a regular woman should be able to use Chalitza. Except, the Torah says no. And therefore, no. That's it. And therefore, no. This week's Parsha. Parsha Shaifta. Opening words of our Parsha. Two words. Shaiftim Vishaitrim. Judges and officers, place in all your gates. The Torah has to make that a mitzvah? What society doesn't have judges and officers making sure the law is being followed? But you got to make it a mitzvah. In order for there to be a normal society and justice, you need shayftim v'shaytru. Says the says the Hidga Briskarov. He says a simple matter, a simple thing, and he says, you see from here, very nice society would know that, but you didn't do it because it says it in the Torah. That's why. You don't need another reason. It says in the Torah, and therefore, Shaiftim Bishaichim. It doesn't make a difference. Once you make it once you leave it to society, other yeah, other nine, other these circumstances, yeah. Sometimes you and you have even within Klai Israel, you can have Communities that feel Kairach. Kairach felt we don't need Maish Rabbeinu. We don't need a Rav. We don't need a Paisik. We don't need a Dayan. Kulam Kadaishim. We're all holy. Zokti Briskarav. Shaiftim Bishaitim Titin Sharecha. No, there has to be people in, place, in places of leadership to run the show. That's how it is. Why? Tyrus says so. So therefore, there's no such thing as a Kehilla without leadership. There's no such thing as an organization without that. There's no such thing as a Yid without a Rebbe. We all need mentors. We all need people who, who we're learning Torah from. Why? Shtayin Torah. Otherwise, I could tell you, I know more than everybody else. The greatest G'daylim have Rabbi. Truth. They're always learning from other people. They're always learning from other G'daylim. They're always making sure that they have, they have uh, people to learn from. Going back to the Gemara here, it says the Gemara, you're right, logic would say Chalitza works. But you know what? It doesn't matter what logic says. It matters what the Torah says. The Torah says no Chalitza. The answer is no Chalitza. That's why I do it, not because it makes sense. I do it because it says in the Torah. Fine. Next part of the Gemara, two dots. We said in the Mishnah that one of the ways for a wife to give over her hand in marriage is to acquire money from the man. Bekesef, you could use money. Let me tell you something. This is interesting that you could use money. Because it really makes it look like a financial transaction. Back in the day, in the times of the Gemara, maybe this didn't shock people. I think for the way that many of us view marriage, our American minds, we might have, an, we might have a problem with like, what is it, financial transaction? Isn't it about love and caring? And uh? Now, again, back in the day, the reason why it was a real transaction is because I don't know 
uh, I'm sure people cared for their wives because it says in the Ksuba you have to treat your wife like a bentire, which includes honoring, respecting, attention, affection, appreciation. It's all written in, it's all written out in the Tyra, real B'nai Tyra. But women will get married to protect themselves. Very often. Women get married. It was a, it, outside of the world of Tyra, women didn't have the same rights. In the world of Tyra, women always had the rights. Outside. So the man's responsibility was to take care of the woman, to protect the woman. Eh? And the woman gave back to that transaction. She gave back to, uh, to that relationship in, in many different ways. Some financial, some raising the children, some whatever it was. But a lot of the relationships involved the concept of transaction. Try that in today's world. It, it, it ain't going to fly. It ain't going to fly. So Gemara says, Bekesef, Minola. Like, how do you know, Taka? Money? Money over here? What, what's, what are you acquiring? You don't own your wife. You pay money to take ownership. Visu, and furthermore, Hadatran is learned in the Mishnah. If a father feels the need to marry off his 10-year-old daughter, his daughter who's a minor, he has the right to do that biblically. And the money that's given to the girl actually goes to the father because he's the one who has her hand in marriage. He owns her hand in marriage. Which means it's the father's das that determines whether any of these methods work. How do we know that she could be acquired with money? Because guess what? That money is not even going to her. So number one is, heaven, you could use money. Number two, we even find the situation where she's acquired with money and she's not getting nothing. So what's the source? Because it says in the Pesach, in the Torah, if you have a young girl who's an Amma Ivriya, okay? An Amma Ivriya, listen to this. An Amma Ivriya is translated in context as a Jewish maidservant. That's not the literal translation. How do you translate Amma? Aleph Memhei. What's the root? What's the Shirish? Aim. What's an aim? Mother. A mother. Amma Ivriya means she's a Yiddish mama. Why do you need the hand? Yeah. Yiddish feminine. Ima. You have a 10 year old girl. Her father sells her as an Amma Ivriya. Why? Why would a, fa- a Jewish father do that? Why does Bezdin allow such a thing? He pushes it. He can't, he, can't, yeah, he can't take care of her, can't support her. Doesn't have any finances. The family's on the run. Broken matziv. So he says, he has her move in with another Jewish family. How do you talk and know that they're going to take care of her properly? The Torah calls her an Amavriya. This 10-year-old girl is a Yiddish mama. That's how she's treated inside the home of the people who bought her rights. Yiddish mama. So much so, there's a chiv to marry her off at that young age. So he has to get her married. It's got to be appropriate. But it says the master, the master himself has a mitzvah to marry her. And if it's not appropriate for him to marry her, he has to make, be mishadachar with one of his kids. Otherwise, he's got to let her go free. So now the family got the money and she could, uh, and she's fine. But there's a chiv to turn her into a member of the mishpacha. Okay? Now, once she reaches the age of 12, she automatically walks away. 
There's no redemption that's needed, says the Pasuk. She reaches the stage of Nara, the age of 12. She walks away. In Kesef, there's no money. What's the drasha? Get ready for this. In Kesef, her owner, when she's an Amavriya, doesn't get any of, is not reimbursed. However, there is money to another master who loses his control once she becomes an Ara. Who's the other master, so to speak? Who's the other owner of this young girl? If not for referring to an Adain, you know who it is? Uman Nihu. Who's this person? Av. It's referring to her tate. It's referring to the father. The father had the money until age 12, until she becomes an Ara. Once she reaches age 12, then, uh, I'm sorry, Once, even though she's an Ara, he's still, going to, uh, he's still going to get the money. Okay, so the Gemara had a question. How do you know the father gets the money? Answer is, Jerusha. Her master doesn't get money, but who does get money for Kedushin? The father. Says the Gemara, one second. How do you know the money goes to the father? Maybe all you know is that money needs to be used. Maybe we'll say, when she becomes a Nara. There's no money to her master, but but there is money to who? Her. Maybe it goes to her for Kedushin once she reaches age 12. Maybe she should get the money as a Nara. Sigmar says, no. That's not logic. I'll tell you why. Take a step back. Her father, we know that a, a girl, a young lady at this stage, her father can accept marriage on her behalf because it says, The father comes and says, I've given this woman over to her husband. What is this referring to? So this Pasuk is referring to what's called a Nara Hamurasa. What's a Nara Hamurasa? If you have a, a, a young lady who's age 12, she hasn't yet, however, her body has not yet reached full maturity. So she's not a complete gedayla. She's not a complete adult. See, here's what happens. The father marries her off to a man at age 12 as a nara. What if the husband, after the marriage, shows up to Bezda and he says, I suspect my wife, this young lady, willingly had relations while she was married to me. During Arison, I married her. Now... He's consummating the marriage later on. Says, I suspect she's an Aramurasa. So the father now has to come and stand up for his daughter. He comes to Bezid and he says, This woman, this, uh, my daughter, Esbiti, my daughter, I, I've given over to, uh, to this man and he doesn't like her. He's spreading mighty shamra about her. So on, it turns out it's not true. He has to pay a fine. The husband has to, has to give a fine. So, says the Gemara, if by the case of Anara, who's the one responsible to stand up for her? The father. So, you're telling me that on one hand it's the father, on the other hand that she's the one who's receiving the money. It must be the father has the total control over the marriage. He's the one who decides when she gets married. He's the one who stands up for her if there's an issue about the marriage. And therefore, since he's the one who's, who's got his reputation and he has everything on the, on, on the table. Uh, so it, it makes sense that he should be the one to receive the money. Says the Gemara, okay. Maybe that's only true if his daughter is a katana, the less the Kaaba Kedushin. Because if she's under age 12, she has no rights at all. 
to marry herself off. If you have a 10-year-old girl that goes over to, an, goes over to a 13-year-old boy who's a guggle, and she says, can you marry me? And he's like, sure, puts a ring on her finger. They're not married. If the father <laughs> would be in on this, she is married. If she's by herself, she's completely not married. Now let's change the story. What happens if she's a 12-year-old girl without physical maturity? She's a Nara. And she accepts Kedushin. Can you marry me? He says, sure. Puts a ring on her finger. You know what Allah is? She's married. <coughs> In the stage of Nara, this is fascinating. <coughs> We're going to get there, Mitzvah and Kedushin. Long sugi on this. In the stage of Nara, two people can marry her off. Herself or her father. They both have rights to her marriage. So therefore, says the Gemara, one moment, says the Gemara, if they could both marry her off, so maybe, 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 when it comes to the, um, the money, she go to her too. Maybe if she does it, she go to her. To less the Yalikab Kedushin, Avonara, this is the Kabbalah Kedushin, Anara who has a hand in accepting Kedushin, Tikadashi, Nafshov, Tishko Kaspa, let her marry herself off and take the money. You have no proof. What's your whole proof why the father gets the money? A master doesn't get it, but somebody else does. It's got to be the father because he has her hand in marriage. Ask the Gemara, Shkayach. But when she's a Nara, she also has her hand in marriage. Let the money go to her. Simple question. Says the Gemara, you're right. You're right. That can't be a source of teaching me that the father gets the money. Or the money for Kedush. So let's try another approach. Says the Gemara, Ella Rather. I'm sorry. Amar Krosh, Tatan Pasuk. Binurel Beisaviham. If she's a Nara in her father's house, what does that mean? She's not in her father's house? A Nara is automatically called Beisaviham. Even if she could be a Makabal Kedushin, even if she could accept marriage on her own, she's called her father's house. What does that mean? Kol Shvach Nurim Lavia. If she's in a stage of Nara, she hasn't yet reached full halachic maturity. During the stage of Nara, all financial matters, all money that she profits, all money that she earns at work, including all money from Kedushan, that's all going to go to the father. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? Have a young girl that works. She goes out, she helps out in the field, she helps out in the house, she goes and works for somebody else, she takes a job a few hours a day that the parents have a right to take the finances, that she's helping out in the regular finances of the family. says, For the fact that a father, when in financial need, can sell his daughter to, as an amavriya to another family. You see, that when a father, what's he giving over? Her rights of work. Even though they have to treat her like a Yiddish mama, like a Jewish mother, but he's giving over her rights to work. So if, if the fact that he has a right to give over her rights to work, isn't that a, logic would say that any income <laughs> goes to the father? So you see from over here, that while she's in a state of Nara, it goes to the father. Ella, rather, since we have what does it mean, Binarabisavia? It must be that at, what does she consider in her father's house? A Nara. This young girl, again, who's kind of like in this in-between stage. She's not a minor. She hasn't reached complete physical maturity, but she is 12. So she's in this in-between stage. Maybe it means she's in her father's house, maybe as far as Hafaras Nadarim. The father still has a right to remote to revoke her vows. So to over here by marriage. 
maybe all it means is, if the father marries her off as an ara, he retains the right to revoke her vows. But who says it means that he still gets the money? Who says? Says the Gemara, you're right. You're right. Benurel Beisavia is not the source that the father gets the money. So we're still looking for the source. How do you know Anara, 12 years old, without physical maturity, who gets married, it goes to the father? Who says? Let's keep going on a few other options. That could be a source. Vichitim, if you're going to tell me, Nelef Minei, maybe we should learn out from the fact that the father controls her vows as Anara, so that would also tell us he gets the money. No, that wouldn't be a good source. You know why? Because they have a general rule, very important rule. And that is, Financial matters cannot be learned out from Isser, from forbidden matters. It's a completely different realm of how it functions. Isser functions different than financial matters. It's different. Okay? By the way, this is not what the Gemara means, but I feel recently there's been a fascinating um, uh, approach taken by Rabbanan and Paiskim across America. The, there was a Kolkari put out by Rabbi First from Chicago and other big Paiskim, much bigger than me, in the last couple months. Kolkari. A Kolkari, a, uh, proclamation. a proclamation stating that Yidden should no longer purchase food from private people's homes. What happens is, there's a chsherim, and then there are people who sell from their house. Stam, as a side job, as a, not even as a job, as a hobby, I'll sell food from my house. Uh-huh. A side income. A person wants to make, yeah, a side income. People do it, very, very common, very common thing to do. All over Lakewood, all over New York, all over Chicago, and even a little bit here. A little bit here. So, the... Das Taira of nowadays recently came out by saying that it's gotten out of hand and it's, it's not healthy for communities to have this go on. It's not healthy. And you should know, it's true. I can't tell you how many times people call me and this per- they heard this person started selling food from their house. Nah, 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 nah. People should no longer purchase from those who don't have a hachshu. That, that was the kokar. So, Rabbi First, said what they're doing now in Chicago is gewalt, a beautiful idea. So what are you going to do? Have these people go under hachshirim? It's red tape, it's bureaucracy, it's a headache. Forget it. So he said what they're doing in Chicago is a beautiful idea. Yeah, and kitchen. Huh? Have a kitchen. No, here's what they're doing. Have a kitchen and then the people work. So he's actually letting people work from the house. But instead of being under the Chicago Rabbinical Council, the CRC, They've created a separate hechsher for homes, which is less invasive. And what they do is, the kashras, they have a, a local rav in Chicago, separate from the CRC, who if you want to sell from your home to local Tyradika homes, the rav will go to your home, learn the halachas with you, make sure you know halachas of a freshes chala, spend an hour or two with you, make sure you know what you're talking about, check up on you two, three times a year, it's $25 a month. $25 a month to have, but now what you have is, you're not, are you under the OU? Are you under the CRC? No. But Chaj, there's it's not Hefker. And it's not, it's not costly. 
It, it, they're not trying to put people out of business. Fakert. They're trying to help make sure that there's that that there's security in the the homes that are being that, that are selling as as side gig. It's a beautiful concept. Because people say, oh, that's what they do from person. If from person. Why can't I buy? Right, and it becomes after you don't know how they check their strawberries. You don't know how they check their lettuce. You don't know if they're separating challah properly. So, like this, you have a little hechsher that's so easy to get. It's just saying you know you've been taught the halachas. You know halachas. Is it is it as big as you under the CRC? Are the shuls going to take in your hechsher? No, but but it's creating a matziv, a situation where there's it's not hefker anymore. Any any stam person with a yarmulke on their head. Is, is starting to is starting to sell. I think it's it's a beautiful idea. Now, why? I if you're eating in their house for a Shabbos meal, why should you need to have a heksher? Here's what I want to say. Money from forbidden things, it's separate. Separate. Three to eat in your house, do I trust how you work in your kitchen, Beseder? When it comes to money, get a heksher. Get a heksher. It's different. It's a different. It's a different realm. It's a different, different avayd. Okay, says the Gemara. Bechitema, and we still have time over here. I think yeah, thirty-one, seven thirty-one. What time? What time is it now? Oh, thirty. You still have nine minutes till mincha. Okay, says the Gemara. Bechitema, if you're going to say nail with me why don't we learn now that he gets the money of kedushin from knas? Okay, from a fine. What is a fine? So if you have a girl who's 12 years old who is seduced or violated, raped, the halacha is whoever did this to her is obligated to pay a 50 shekel penalty. It's a nice amount of money. 50 silver shkalim. And if she's a nara, who does that money go to? The father. So I would say that the same way the father gets the money if she's violated, the f- logic would say he should get the money on kedushin also. Says the Gemara, no, there's another rule, and that is, Memaina, financial matters, Miknasa, from fines, also layafinon, you can't learn, learn, learn now. Financial matters and fines are different, it, it, it's a different parsha. It's a different parsha. If you go into an illegal parking spot, and you get out of your car, and a cop sees you, and he writes out a ticket, 50 bucks, who decided 50 bucks? Really? I did $50 in damage? No shaykhis. You litter. You throw out the window of a highway. What does it say? $200 fine. The cop stops you. You litter. $200. $200. What I do? I threw a candy wrapper out the window. What's it got to do with 200 bucks? Answer is garnished. It has nothing to do with the amount of money. But this is what the, the, the system put into place to make sure that people don't litter. They decided this is what's going to cause that this amount will get people to, to stop throwing things out in the street. Procedure. Is it? What's financial matters? You break a window. Could the guy walk out, $10,000 for my window? I'm like, what are you talking about? I'll call down my local glass guy. It'll cost me $150. No, I said 10, 10 Who are you, sugar? Financial matters is tit for tat. Knas, fines, is different. Even if, you're, even if it's a money payment, it's different. Who said that a girl who's violated receives 50 shekel? Or that if she's a, the father gets 50 shekel. Who decides 50 shekel? Doesn't make a difference who the woman is. Doesn't matter the amount, the, the degree of molestation, whatever it is, right? 50. It's a knas. Says the Gemara, just because the father gets a knas cannot tell me that the marriage money 
which is a financial transaction, goes to him as well. But if you're going to say, me learned out from Baisubagam that not only not only do you have to pay a fine, but if somebody rapes or violates a girl, you have to pay the fifty shekel plus you have to pay for embarrassment and you have to pay for her loss in value because now she's no longer a virgin, she's no longer a basula. That's financial matters, and who gets that? The father. So maybe we say the same way the father gets Baisubagam. He should get the 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 money for marriage too. And the Gemara shiny Baisubagam. Baisubagam is different. Davua shayach begavayu. The same way her value goes down and the same way she's humiliated, it applies to the entire family. The entire family, especially the father, is, is affected and therefore the money is kumir, so to speak. It it's, belongs to him too, even though she's the one who is obviously involved, but it applies to everybody. But when it comes to marriage, what does the father have to do with it? He's not the one marrying at all, which by the way is an important, marriage, important lesson every time a young couple gets married. And that is who's getting married? The, the chasen and kala. No, the, the parents can, can uh, do their own, uh, mind their own business. At my Sheva Brachas, I tell over, it's a joke. This is not true. This is not true. I tell this over at Sheva Brachas. What I say over is that at my Sheva Brachas, again, it's a joke. Take this. At my Sheva Brachas, I bought my shviger, my mother-in-law, a handkerchief from Bloomingdale's. Bought her handkerchief from Bloomingdale's. And I wrapped it nicely. And I put it in a nice little bag. And I wrote a note. Dear mother-in-law, this is where the Schwiger sticks her nose. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, you stay out of it. But, <laughs> no, but it's a joke. It's a joke, okay? But the mice... <laughs> don't, don't, don't go. All right. But says the Gemara... Says the Gemara, you're getting married. Who's getting married? She's getting married. So maybe she should get the money. Is the father getting married? No. Keep your nose in the Bloomingdale's handkerchief. Stay, stay out of it. So we still do not have a source or a reason why in the world the father, if she's a Nara, is going to get the payment for, for Kedushin. What's the Makar? What's the source? We'll hold it here. Cliffhanger. We'll pick up from here tomorrow, Mr. Shem. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.